What's good, everyone? Hope you all are doing well. Welcome back to the Run Free Podcast. Got a special edition for you today. It's not actually so much special for you as it is for me, because I am sitting in the most beautiful place as I record this. You might be able to hear birds chirping in the background. That's because I am sitting on top of a hill at 9,500 feet in Crested Butte, Colorado, and uh, that's why this podcast is coming late to you. Been on a little vacation slash uh, training stint with Sarah. We came up here a little over a week ago, and man, we are just falling in love with Crested Butte. We've been to a lot, a lot of good places to train at altitude in the U.S. and Switzerland and all over the world, and uh Man, Crested Butte is a place you should come check out if you get the chance. There is just dirt roads everywhere here. We're up, like I said, super high at 9,500 feet. I feel like I'm in better shape just sitting here where I am. But uh, I cannot help but just feel the peace of God as I'm sitting out here recording this podcast. And I have an audience today. Hannah, my oldest daughter, is sitting right next to me trying to read a book. But I'm going to be distracting her for the next hour. She didn't know she was going to be on this podcast. Hana, you want to say hi? Hi, everyone. You should come here and check out. It's a very beautiful place. Yeah, yeah. And Hana just finished school. What? Done with high school. How you feeling about that, Hana? I'm super excited. It's, it's good to be done with school. Yeah, so Hana came here. She was in eighth grade. She's a couple months eighth grade in the US, landed in the US in October, October 3rd, I believe it was, knowing, essentially no English. They'd learned a little bit in the orphanage. We taught them a little bit, a few words here and there. The next week they were in school, Han had to start in eighth grade. And you can imagine not even knowing the language, what it must have been like for her sitting in those classes. And uh, here we are four plus years later, and she's gotten herself through high school, had to take a whole bunch of online classes to catch up. And she's going to GCU, Grand Canyon University next year. So Sarah and I are just super, super proud of her. We were not thinking college was going to be an option when we brought them home four years ago, but she has just been an amazing inspiration and workhorse she can do homework longer than anyone i've ever seen before so we're gonna have a big celebration we get back to flagstaff for her we're super excited and uh gcu's building a nice little program coach sarah slattery they're gonna have a a good team next year so we're excited to uh be fans for the next four or five years uh, while han is there and um be cheering them on at future cross-country races and I hope you guys are all doing well. Sorry, I know that was a little bit of a long intro, but I want to give you a little bit of update. I'll tell you what, feeling the peace that I'm feeling up here, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes you go to places and it's just easy to experience peace, right? And that's kind of how I feel right now here. Just like, man, the air is fresh. The sun is shining down on me right now. And it just feels like God's just giving you a big old hug. <laughs> and it's just so easy to feel all this peace and freshness and you just feel yourself kind of like restoring like you just f- catch yourself like taking these deep breaths all the time you're just like oh man this is so amazing I've, I've found myself doing that kind of over and over again over the last week and we're here a couple more well like four or five more days so we get two weeks up here in crested butte and uh the reason why i bring that up is because i've been thinking a lot about how we can kind of bottle peace or at least i've had this experience before where i find myself in the mountains on these you know training retreats slash vacations 
and I'm able to re-identify, reconnect rather with being able to find peace and being able to find just relaxation, complete relaxation in those deep breaths that I'm talking about where you're just like, oh, like life is just so good right now. And as I'm doing this, I find myself catching myself and being like, I want to be able to bring this back. Like, I love that I'm able to reconnect with peace and with joy and experience it so easily up here. But in the back of my mind, every time I'm taking these deep breaths and really savoring what I'm experiencing at the moment that I'm recording this podcast, I find myself just being like, I want to be able to bring this into my busiest. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I have days where I wake up in the morning and my first thought, and it's just being really vulnerable with you guys, sometimes is like, oh man, not a lot to look forward to today. Like got a whole bunch of errands to run that I don't really want to run. Um, You know, my workouts maybe have been going so-so. So I'm not like exactly super stoked to get into the gym or, you know, things just, that's life, right? Like some days are a lot harder to find joy and to find peace. But when we have these moments where we get away from it all and we're able to reconnect with joy and reconnect with peace, I want to be able to bottle that in a way and be able to bring that into my worst day into my busiest day and be like even if I'm not sitting in this beautiful mountain I don't have this sun just shining down on me in perfect temperatures the cool breeze is blowing across me like it is right now and everything seems to be perfect even if all those circumstances don't line up I still want to be able to reconnect with this joy and peace I'm so easily able to find as I'm sitting here at this moment and I find that it's something where if I can tap into it once it's kind of like when you have breakthrough in performance right like you do something in a workout you've never done before or you do something in a race achieve a big goal it's like bam you get to that level and then it's easier to get back to it right there's something about going to a certain level that makes it easier to return and that's why these little getaways are so so important and maybe for you guys it's just literally going into your closet and like taking five deep breaths and just reconnecting with peace reconnecting with joy just like regrounding yourself in a way and being able to just get back into this spot that you've been to before so it's not like you're trying to recreate and you're trying to do something you've never done before you're just trying to get back to where you've been so so important so that's kind of like my goal what's kind of going on inside of me right now is being like I love how I'm feeling right now I love the experiences I'm having but I want to be able to pull on this all the time over and over again I want to be able to come back to this internal spot that I'm at right now and so I'm already like kind of strategizing okay like I'm there now like I've broken through now how do I get back to this when my life gets busy and things get crazy and I have those mornings where I wake up and I'm like man not a lot to look forward to today how do I reconnect with where I'm at now because I'm here so I know I can get back it's just going to take some intentionality it's going to take some time and it's going to take kind of giving myself time out in a way I find sometimes like I just start getting frustrated frustrated if I don't step back from that it's like okay hold on a second let me just take like literally like five deep breaths and just recalm myself down it's like it's like this anxiety is kind of building right throughout the day and then you can reset it back to zero just by being aware of it number one and then being able to 
take some deep breaths, reconnect with your peace, reconnect with your joy, like find your quote unquote happy place, kind of uh, dating myself a little bit, Happy Gilmore, you know you can pull a lot of good lines from Happy Gilmore, don't watch it if you're a kid, because <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble for telling you to watch Happy Gilmore, because there might be some not so good parts in that, but man, there's some good lines in there, find your happy place, I love that, <laughs> find your happy place, right now I'm in my happy place, and I want to be able to pull my happy place back into my day when I get back into Flagstaff, back into the grind of things, if there ever is a grind of my life, I think I'm pretty spoiled, honestly. I, I love my life. So anyways, that's kind of what's been going on. Um, get a chance to check out Crested Butte, especially. I've never been here in the wintertime, so you're rolling the dice if you come up here then. I hear there's some epic backcountry skiing and stuff like that, but, man, there's just flat dirt roads everywhere. Um, Sarah said, like, this is her favorite place that she's ever been in the United States. I'm like, it's, it's close for me. Like, I've been to Alaska, so that's kind of pulling on me a little bit. So, And I'm going to... Oh, I'm excited about this one, too, real quick, before we dive into today's episode. And by the way, this is episode 45, and it's called The Spaghetti-Sode. And the reason why we're calling it that is because I'm going to be all over the place today, jumping around. I got this super long intro going right now that I'm rolling with. But uh, that's why it's called The Spaghetti-Sode. So I hope you enjoy today's spaghetti um, but anyways, what I was about to tell you guys, I'm super excited. The Run Free coaching staff is going up to Glacier National Park in Montana next week. We're leaving, what's today, Wednesday, July 1st. We're leaving a week from today, and we're going to spend the weekend, a little coaching retreat, uh, staff retreat going on, and I am so stoked to check out Montana. Never been to Montana before, or obviously Glacier National Park. Seen pictures, just looks epic, so um, really excited to reconnect with the Run Free coaching staff and continue to build our, our staff up and encourage them and just treat them to a fun uh, vacation so they should be all refreshed for all you guys who are signing on for training and speaking of that I'm super stoked man the one reason why uh, this podcast is coming to you guys a little bit late this time around is uh, we had a bunch of people sign on last week I think you know races are starting to pop back up a little bit here and there um, and we're getting more and more optimistic about that continuing to be the case we've got virtual races going on all over the place and um, I think we're kind of turning the corner a little bit. It's been obviously a little bit uh, discouraging with places like Arizona, where I'm from, where we've had definitely a bit of a flare up with COVID stuff. But, um, you know, I know they're working hard on that vaccine and things are going to turn. So, anyways, all I'd say, super excited to have some new run free runners uh, joining our community. So, I've been uh, spending a lot of time going through their athlete intake forms and their nutrition and evaluating some running form and stuff. And, guys, I get so excited when we get athletes signing on I feel like my family is growing our family's growing our community is growing so if you're looking for training hit us up we're still taking athletes on and this is a great time to come on board so that uh, you have plenty of time to train for those upcoming races all right so that was the longest intro I've ever had hopefully that was okay for you guys I try and keep the intro short mainly because they annoy Sarah when she's listening to podcasts and 
I don't know. That kind of rubs off on me. So anyways, what I want to talk to you guys about today, like I said, the spaghetti soda, we're going to hit on a couple different things. Uh, one of the things I posted on Instagram last week, I was like, well, I'll get into it, but I talked about like how to get stronger while getting leaner at the same time, which for me, that's always been impossible until the last two months. And so I'm going to talk about that and keys to doing that. And then we're going to go through a couple of questions that came at me uh, from our Run Free family about uh, on a similar note how to get stronger without getting bigger and uh and also to just how to balance weights and running at the same time that one is extremely tricky so i'm excited to hopefully give you guys a few tips on that that is helpful for you and then we're going to talk a little bit about how to mentally deal with injuries and setbacks you know if you're a runner you've experienced that so you'll be able to relate to that for sure so excited to talk hit on that and then i just read a book by i believe it's angela duckworth it's called grit if you guys hadn't have have not had the chance to check that one out highly recommend it super good book so i just want to hit on that about how to um how we can become more gritty runners i I definitely learned a few things from listening to that uh book on tape i've been listening to a lot of books on tape guys i've been driving like a maniac uh last week i think i had four days in a row where i drove four to six hours per day so i've been listening to a lot of books on tape but that one's super good so excited to kind of share some key takeaways from that and if you have read it it'll be a good kind of reminder of some of the key things she talked about in that book and then uh man this is one that i've been thinking a lot about lately and also i've had a couple of my athletes also you know bring this up in their training logs and we've been kind of dialoguing a little bit back and forth on that and that's just like how do you remove anxiety from workouts i know when we're trying to hit times when we're we are concerned with performance right like the reason why people pay for coaching is because they want to get better usually (laughs) that's the case right and i think that's a very healthy goal like i think we should be wanting to improve and wanting to get better but how do we take the pressure off when you know your coach sends you your workout and you you look at that and as a coach like i want my athletes to feel like i'm sending them challenging training right like i want it to be hard um to some extent i want it obviously to challenge them and to be possible for them i want to be like right in that sweet spot of like pushing them but also doable right and as a coach sometimes i get that wrong got that wrong with sarah last week you know we're up here training at super high altitude and some of the paces i was prescribing we're a little bit off there's like five seconds per mile off and uh that can change the dynamic of that workout when you uh overstretch your athlete so let me just speak on behalf of all coaches like we're sorry if we do that you know like i said it's probably the hardest one of the hardest aspects of coaching is prescribing the right pacing for workouts and i honestly i'm not even like a huge fan of throwing paces out there i know they can be extremely motivating to athletes and it is important because you are essentially trying to run a certain time whether that's a boston qualifier your four hour marathon or two 30 marathon or whatever it might be olympic trials qualifying time you are trying to hit a time so you know we can't just like totally neglect time all throughout the year there might be seasons where we get away from tracking our time which i kind of talked a little bit about in that last episode on training on the heat and how that might be a time to kind of step away from the watch and go more on effort-based feeling but as a coach i can just tell you guys it's super challenging sometimes to prescribe those paces where you're like this is gonna be stretching for my athlete but i think they can do it 
And then also you don't know what kind of conditions they're running in. Is it windy? Is it hot? Is it freezing cold? Um, is it raining? And so it's a little bit of like, you know, I, I think this is gonna be good, but it's better if there's almost like a spectrum of time, like five seconds spread. But anyways, all I have to say, let me apologize on behalf of all coaches. Like sometimes we get it wrong, you know, and we throw out uh, workouts that are, are too hard and, and they're overstretching. And, uh, you know, that is that is part of the coaching process. The coach-athlete relationship is, you know, the coach is not perfect. And sometimes we get things wrong. I know I have gotten things wrong quite a bit. But that's why I think it's so important as athletes and as our run-free athletes speaking to you guys directly right now that we perform more on effort than times. So, you know, if you need more guidance from your coach on like, okay, like I see the times for this workout, but what is kind of the effort you're going for here? And that's how I like to prescribe my training oftentimes is like, okay, I want you to run this at current 10K effort. So the pace, if you were to race a 10K today in these conditions, like what's the pace you could sustain for 6.2 miles and run that pace for these mile reps or these K reps or whatever you're doing. Um, so always default to running that right effort um, over pace, like make effort the, the thing that you're paying most attention to. And heart rate's a really easy way to kind of track that effort. So, um, you know, like I said, especially in these summer months when you're running in some warmer temperatures and your times are going to slow down, really it could be a great time to go to heart rate training or, you know, you need to adjust your paces, like I said in the previous episode. So let's get into that first, uh, that first thing I wanted to talk about. I think that was, yeah, that was the overview. We're going to set a record today, guys. And it's because I'm like not in my garage staring at a punching bag and boxes of camping gear. <laughs> it's a little bit more uh, scenic and inspiring atmosphere I'm sitting in right now. I mean, I should always go outside. It's nice. Anyways. All right. So let's talk about how to get stronger while getting leaner at the same time. So a little bit of backstory on this. For I've done, so I've been into weight training for four and a half years since I retired from pro running. And every, this time of year, you know, in the summertime, you typically want to take your shirt off every once in a while and look halfway decent. So I always do like a little bit of a cut kind of leading into summertime just so I don't feel self-conscious taking my shirt off. And that's just me being totally honest with you guys. Because <laughs> um, I don't like being soft. And, uh, you know, as a runner, that's one of the hardest things. If you're trying to put on muscle, you got to kind of go through this period where you're eating way more calories than you need. And you do get a little bit soft. And I don't like that. So every year I kind of come out of that. So long story short, I've been doing these little cuts you know, this is my fourth one. And typically, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, my deadlift just to, you know, use that as like a, a meter for how strong I am would typically get about 50 pounds less. Like I lose 50 pounds of strength in the deadlift over a two month period of time where I'm, I'm losing weight. And so I always though do things a little bit different and that's what I love about running and fitness in general is I just love experimenting. Like I love trying new things. I love expanding the box. I think boxes are good in a lot of ways in the sense that we are learning things from sages in our sport who've come before us that have vastly, you know, have way more experience than we have and it would be 
disrespectful and just not very smart to not learn from these sages that have come before us but i do think you know their ceiling is supposed to become our floor and as a coach you know i'm i'm taking the things i've learned from these very wise coaches that i've had the honor to work under during my pro running career and now i'm trying to build even more on top of that i'm trying to experiment on top of that taking those same principles but then just making little tweaks you know and it's amazing how little tweaks make such a big difference so anyways every time i do a cut i always do it slightly differently so this time i was shocked um the other day is a couple days ago sarah and i after her workout we headed over to emma coburn and her crew um come up here to crested butte for the summers and she has a sweet home gym that she was kind enough to let sarah and i use and so we went in there after her workout and guys i wasn't even trying i was not like planning on trying to pull a big deadlift or whatever i was just going about my usual business and uh and almost pulled a, a pr and so i was like oh whoa i'm gonna give myself a couple days and get back in the gym and see what i can do and set it up a little bit better because you have a very specific approach when you're trying to um, pull a pr in a deadlift so um i did that came back two days later and was shocked when i pulled a 20 pound pr 455 and i almost got up 465 i had it up to my knees and i uh, didn't quite get it i almost want to go back and try 465 but guys like that is like one of those moments that was so sweet because i've been working hard in the gym every single day for the last four and a half years pretty much i've had a couple misses but not many and uh i've never improved by that much ever i've never you know usually if i'm pring it's by like five pounds on a deadlift and i'm stoked if i get a pr and usually it's like once every couple months so i and i was trying to pull 455 before i started this cut and then i was like okay i'm not i'm starting my cut i didn't get 455 only got 435 you know i'm probably not going to hit 455 for another six months because i'm gonna lose 50 pounds of strength after i finish my cut it's gonna take me like three months to get back to where i was and then once i'm back there then i'll take a couple months to get another 20 pounds on my deadlift so i was literally thinking like the end of fall maybe even winter time before i pull a pr in the deadlift so the other day when I pulled 455, I was like blown away. I was like, I can't believe this is happening right now. And aren't those the greatest moments of sports, guys, like running, weightlifting? It doesn't matter what you do. But those moments when you like surprise yourself and you're just like, that can't be right. You're like looking at your watch. You're like, I don't know. I think it's like not working. Usually it's the other way around, right? You're like, my watch is broken. I'm running way faster than this. But, uh, you know, those days when it feels like your watch is not working because you're running too fast and you're like, this is too easy and the weight's coming off the ground too easy. Oh, those are the days. And the reason why those days are so sweet is because they are rare. So let us not forget that when we're in those long stretches in between these big breakthroughs, let's not forget that that is where these big breakthroughs are made you know like i could very easily look back at my big breakthrough the other day and be like oh i just had an amazing day but that is not the case like it was you know years and months of consistency and grinding when i wasn't seeing any improvement at all and i want to encourage you guys like we all that is part of the road to breakthrough is we all go through this process of plateaus they seem like plateaus but you're making ground 
by being consistent, by staying with it, by bringing it to your workouts when you're not seeing the results. That's Those are the days when you open up the door for the big breakthrough that's waiting for you a month down the road, two months down the road, a year down the road. So let us not become discouraged when we're not seeing results because that's actually when we're making our breakthroughs, all right? So um, that was something that I really took away from this experience. I was like, man, there. I, I know I like had a good day today, but it would this moment wasn't made that day and it's the same thing when we watch like guys set world records on the track running or big breakthrough performances that was that was made on those days when they didn't feel like training on their own by themselves running in the cold running in the heat um them grinding when no one is watching that's when those breakthroughs are made so let's remember that when we're going through those moments because those are the moments that we spend a lot more time at than the mountaintops in those breakthrough performances so anyways i was just shocked to hit such a big day and so i started thinking about like yeah like what i did differently this time around really really worked in a huge way so what were the things i did differently so i identified a couple things that i did and i purposefully did this from the onset is i've i've always preached to you guys on this podcast like if you're trying to lose weight you need to surround your workouts with carbohydrates like carbohydrates are taking such a bad rap i feel like like over the last i don't know how long like few years right um ever since like the keto low carb stuff and if you're keto low carb like not trying to knock you guys at all but i know like for myself and having this experience like i kept my carb intake a lot higher than i previously had for my other cuts so all i did was i took my usual carbohydrate intake from when i'm putting on weight and i just cut that in half so i typically eat like six times a day i typically eat 400 calories of carbohydrate with each one of those meals or snacks so i just took the carbs out of three of those right so pretty easy thing to do like i usually don't have carbs uh, with breakfast anymore when i'm losing weight and i don't have it at night before i go to bed and then i cut it out of my afternoon snack or one of my other meals so pretty easy i'm not like walking around like zero energy feeling really bad obviously if i'm pulling you know prs and deadlifts but um this has been like the easiest cut that i've had and yet i've lost the most amount of weight I've actually gained strength on my deadlift, not so much on the bench or squat, which is interesting, and I don't have that figured out. I don't have an answer for that. So if you got an answer, let me know. But my deadlift has obviously gotten a lot better. Um, but I am I have lost a lot less on the bench and the squat as I typically do. I'm not as strong as I was when I began my cut two two months ago. And I'm down, by the way, I started my cut at like 182, and I'm down to 165. And, uh, and probably like not the leanest I've ever been uh, because, you know, my running days, I would get DEXA scans and check in on my body fat and I don't pay for DEXA scans anymore. Those are pretty pricey. Um, I just go off of, you know, how I look and I'd say like, I'm like fairly lean right now, but when I was running professionally, those DEXA scans, like after I ran 206 in London, I was 4.5% body fat, I think. But interestingly, interestingly enough, I had zero abs at that body fat percentage even though it's really low body fat percentage had zero fat abs because i'd never given myself excess calories to build abs and also to just doing heavy squatting 
is like the single best exercise you can do to develop abs. So if you want to develop abs, I would highly recommend doing some heavy squatting in your routine. And like my abs now are better than they've ever looked before, even when I was running at 4% body fat. So, you know, if I had to ballpark it, I don't know, I'm probably like 9% or 8%, somewhere right around there. Um, but I've gotten down to, yeah, 182 to 165, so lost quite a bit of weight over a two-month period, and my energy's good, feeling good. So I actually had more calories than I typically have when I was cutting, more carbohydrates, because typically um, how I'd cut before is I'd reduce my carbohydrate intake all the way down to pretty much zero and I would not be feeling good, not, not good at all. And my strength in the weight room was just terrible and, uh, and moody and overall, like I, I did notice like a little bit of mental clarity, which people say they feel that with keto. And, you know, I wasn't even in, I didn't get myself into full ketosis. I didn't get myself, I know you go through like a two week to month period where you just feel like trash and then you start supposedly feeling good after that. I could never even make it through that two week period. Um, I just know like for my body, like I need carbs to perform at a high level. So I kept my carbs up on this, I had my calories higher and I really believe, guys, like if sometimes you, if you give yourself extra calories, then you're able to get more out of your workout and actually burn more calories in your workout. And so you actually see like the weight comes off. Like your body's, I almost feel like my body's not trying to hold on to um, fat anymore. Like, cause it knows, like, okay, I'm gonna get carbs like a couple times a day. And so I'm gonna, and the carbs that it's getting, it's like, man, it's burning those things up like a hot fire, especially in my workouts. So um, the other thing that I did differently is uh, zero cardio. So that's probably not what you guys are going to want to do if you're cutting and you're listening to this podcast. You're probably a runner if you're trying to lean out. You're probably not going to go the zero cardio route. But just know like doing excess cardio, like just increasing your volume a ton um, might not actually help you lean out as much as you would think. Um, a couple of different reasons can be for this. You know, your cortisol levels um, with running can go higher and higher. So if you get your, you know, you bump your volume way, way up to, I mean, I'm just trying to lose some weight. I just need to run more, run more, run more. You know, your, your, uh, your stress hormone cortisone can shoot way up have a hard time sleeping and your body will actually like hold on to fat it's in stress mode and it becomes harder to lean out so just know that like doing more cardio might not necessarily be the answer you might even want to like increase your volume in the weight room that might be a helpful thing so like for myself you know i lift 60 to 90 minutes a day and then like this afternoon after I finish this podcast, my kids and I were going to go hike up some mountains and, you know, so I'm generally active, but I did zero, not one run on this cut. The other thing that I did that was the same as uh, I did my last cut actually was I've just kept training heavy in the weight room and uh, that's obviously been super um, beneficial to not losing weight and to gaining strength. Like if you're trying to move a lot of weight, uh, for a one rep max, if you're trying to get stronger, in my opinion, you gotta be lifting heavy. And I think the key is guys, I know you say the words lifting heavy and I can just feel like people's anxiety going up about that being like, Oh, I can't lift heavy. Like I'm going to get hurt. And if that's you, if that's what you're thinking, Hey Mita, oh my, my girl Mita just is joining the podcast um 
if that's you, if you're like, man, I just can't lift heavy, I'm gonna get hurt. Even if you're like, you know, you're older and just, it makes you nervous to even think about lifting heavy. Like that's okay, like that's your, actually a good sign that you should pay attention to, that's your intuition. When you lift, do not put yourself in positions that you're not comfortable being in. So like I've pretty much lifted heavy for four and a half years, super high volume, you know, 40 to 80 sets every single workout because I go on really short rest and oftentimes I'm super setting. So like I train super, super hard and I have never been hurt in the weight room. And it's not because my form is perfect. I've posted that video of me um, deadlifting on Instagram and I know my form isn't perfect, but it's how I move a lot of weight. It's how my body moves and it's working for me. And plus I'm not a professional power lifter. So, um, you know, I'm doing this for fun. It's my hobby. But anyways, all that to say, I've never gotten hurt even with, you know, questionable form. And that's just because like, if something's not feeling right, put the weight down, I change what I'm doing. I change my stance. Like you're, you can be really intuitive in the weight room. All that to say, before I continue with that thought, I'm catching myself. Like best case scenario is like get with a coach who's watching you move. If you're one of our athletes and you're not sure about your running form, have someone just shoot a video of you um, performing the lift and, and shoot that video our way. Well, I'm happy. I love looking at form and technique. And like I said, even though my form's not perfect, I know how form should be. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Um, we're happy to look at that and and uh, make sure you're, you are dialing that in. Because there are certain cues that you do want to parameters that you want to operate within when you're lifting but for the most part like if you just use your intuition and you're just like you know what i'm just not comfortable being in this position in a lot of weight then you shouldn't be in that position with a lot of weight so you don't gotta be nervous right like you're not going to put yourself in positions that you shouldn't be in like just just kind of settle that right now be like i'm gonna lift heavy but i'm gonna lift heavy in the range of motion that i know i'm comfortable in and it doesn't mean it's not gonna be stretching it's not gonna be hard because of course it should be stretching and hard but just don't put yourself in compromising situations something's not feeling right set the weight down change something up um find a different exercise and again if you're one of our athletes if we're prescribing an exercise a lifting exercise that is just not working for you let us know like we there's a lot of different roads that lead to Rome so and you know we have our exercises that we really like to prescribe that we believe in for runners but there's a lot of different ways we can hit different muscle groups so please like let your coach know if that's you and you're you're performing an exercise that just doesn't feel right to you so we want you to be able to lift heavy um and heavy for you right like doesn't mean you gotta be putting like 400 pounds on the bar like just a heavy amount of weight for you is gonna make a huge difference and that's something that i would have done a lot differently if i could go back in my running career i would have lifted a lot heavier in the range of motions that you know we're prescribing for our athletes now there's no reason why runners should be doing um, butt to the ground squatting with that said you know if you're looking for just general strength and just getting generally strong then you know great but that's just going to flatten your legs unnecessarily and it's not as running specific as a half squat or even a smaller range of motion squat like a quarter squat so lifting heavy was kind of the other thing i did during that um, cut that allowed me to keep getting stronger so you don't necessarily got to be afraid of the weight 
guys if you're losing weight if you're in a calorie deficit as long as you're surrounding your workouts with carbs and that's really the big takeaway that i want you guys to get from this uh, little section of our spaghetti sode on how to get leaner and stronger at the same time is surround your workouts with carbs um, don't do excess cardio as a way to lose weight and uh and yeah that and you don't need to necessarily reduce your calories to um just an insane low amount like if you build up your caloric intake and you get your metabolism used to like my metabolism before i start my cut is used to between four and five thousand calories a day so then when i reduce it down to three thousand calories a day which is still a lot of calories right i'm losing weight and pretty quickly like i said from 182 to 165 in two months is, is a pretty decent amount of weight so you don't necessarily have to take your you know if i would take my calories down to 1500 calories I'm not gonna be fun to be around, number one. Number two, I'm just gonna be weak as anything in the weight room. I'm not gonna be able to pick, pick up like a five pound weight. So you don't need to do that. Like make your diet, if you're trying to lose weight, make it sustainable, something you can hang on to that you feel good when you're out running and in the weight room. Like it is possible to lose weight and still feel good throughout the day. And I should put a little asterisk next to that. Doesn't mean you're always gonna feel good. Like I've definitely had my moments on this cut when I've noticed like, okay, I'm a little bit hangry right now. I just need to chill out and like put myself in a little timeout right now. Or at least like just wait till I can have my sandwich at lunchtime. So anyways, I hope that's helpful for you guys. I'm moving to the next couple questions and I promise I won't be so long-winded on those ones. This was supposed to be a shorter podcast. Anyways, all right, so kind of in line with that, uh, one of our community members was asking kind of like, yeah, how do you get stronger without getting bigger? And so this is just a little bit of a different um, slant on what I was just talking about. So rather than leaning out, maybe you're just trying to maintain your um, current body weight. Uh, but you're trying to get stronger at the same time. So the biggest thing with this guy is like calories, 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 calories is so huge. So like I said, I've been lifting the same way when I've been losing in my cut phase that I'm almost done with. I'm in like the last week now. And uh, I've, I've kept my exercise exactly the same as when I'm putting on weight. And all I've done is reduce my carbs by half. And, that's, and I've reduced my fat intake a bit too. I should say that. So my calories have come down. And so I'm not putting on muscle. I'm getting stronger, but I'm definitely not putting on muscle. If anything, I've lost a little bit of muscle. Um, you know, I'd have to do like a DEXA scan before and after to know exactly, you know, the change in, in how much muscle mass I lost versus fat loss. Um, but you're... The takeaway here, guys, is just you're not going to get bigger if you're not giving yourself a caloric surplus. A little asterisk next to that. Sorry for saying that again, but that's the best way I can think to describe it. Is for first time, if you're not used to lifting and you start lifting, even if you're not in a caloric surplus, you could put on a little bit of muscle. But really, like the way to pack on pounds is to eat more calories than you need. Your body does not make something out of nothing. Your your calories are your body's building blocks to build itself in line with how you're training. So, you know, I can train exactly the same way, change my nutrition just slightly, and on one I'm losing weight, on another one I'm gaining weight, and then, you know, I'm sure I could find a happy medium, which I like to stay out of. <laughs> I like to either be gaining or losing weight. I was telling uh, Rico, one of our coaches the other day, I was like, Rico, I just lose weight so I can gain weight, just so I don't get, like, morbidly obese. <laughs> 
but uh not that there's anything wrong with that like i just you know i want to stay somewhat trim and athletic so um you know it just all comes down to calories guys like if you don't want to put on muscle mass like keep your caloric intake the same um and you will not put on muscle mass if you notice that you are putting on muscle mass just reduce your calories a little bit doesn't necessarily mean you have to change the way you're lifting with that said um you know the general consensus is that a high volume is how you add muscle mass so you know like right now when i'm lifting i'm generally lifting really low volume so when i say like high rep range high volume training it would be like 15 10 to 15 reps you're gonna get a lot of uh muscle mass addition if you're training in that rep range or at least you're more likely to like i said if you're not giving yourself extra calories i don't think you're putting on muscle even if you're doing high volume training like that um and then so you know it's a little bit different than you think you think lifting super heavy you're gonna turn into like a power lifter and get all huge but it's actually kind of the opposite like some of the best bodybuilders in the world they do only like 15 reps of everything um or 10 to 15 reps so you actually want heavy weight so it's another reason why runners should lift heavy if you want to not put on muscle lifting heavy is kind of the way to go so that kind of uh, four rep range is kind of what you're looking for um but again it, it, it just keeps coming back to calories guys like you do high rep low rep like if your calories are yours in maintenance mode and you're not giving yourself extra calories you're not going to put on muscle the second part of that question was how do you not overload yourself? So how to balance your run training with your weight training. So you could go back and listen to, you know, I have a full episode on weight training. It was like one of our early episodes when I was going through Run Free's uh, five-finger approach, our holistic approach to training. So you can go back and listen to that episode for sure for kind of a more uh, in-depth look at this uh, second part of the question. But basically, I'd say cycling things is super, super important. So, you know, you have your time frame like now, for example, when no races are going on over the summertime, maybe you're starting to train for your fall marathon. Um, early on in your training is kind of when you're more willing to sacrifice quality of your run workouts um, for strength gains in the gym. So I'd really like put more emphasis on your lifting at the further away from your competitions that you are and kind of taper things off as you get closer to your, closer to your competitions and then uh and then make sure that you're pulling your weights out at least two weeks prior to your biggest competition i was just commenting on one of our athlete intake forms about this um because the person our athlete was commenting how they like to lift like right up to the comp their running competition because they love lifting so much which is great but your legs are just you're gonna lose some performance on the running end of things if you do that like you're just compromising a little bit of uh freshness of pop of energy so you know i love to pull out the lifting at least two weeks prior to your biggest competition you could even do more than that like a month before and then the other thing that i would say on how to kind of balance the run training with the weight training is make sure that you're doing your weights after your hard workouts which we've talked a lot about in this podcast and not the next day like unless you're a power lifter and you're like really focused on your lifting as well you're like i want to get super super strong then i would say like and we did this with one of our other athletes that uh, rachel and i were coaching together is we had her do her run workouts really hard and then one day and then the next day was just like lifting super heavy super hard but then she got two easy days after that before we went back to a hard run workout 
So you could do that if your goal is like really like I want to like get really strong and run really well at the same time. Like that's what I'd recommend the protocol for that. At least two easy days after that last hard lift. Um, for everyone else, I'd really recommend just lift on your hard run days in the afternoon or right after. Either way, afternoon's probably better time to lift if you had to pin me down. Your strength is usually a little bit better in the afternoon. You'll be a little bit rested, more recovered, more energized um, than right after your run but you can also do it you know just bang it all out at one time if that's all the time you have for the day and that feels better for you so it's kind of a scheduling thing on your end um, but then making sure to space it out because r- lifting is going to flatten your legs for sure especially if you're not used to lifting when you first start lifting you need to like be really gentle and like stop short of failure um, and just really ease into things but you need to give yourself plenty of space to recover from your workouts because it's just going to flatten you. The weight's like, there's no way around that. Like I've been doing, like I said, weight super hard for four and a half years. And if I do a real big leg day, like, and I try and run with Sarah, not that I've done that this year. I've only run twice this year. <laughs> but uh, it's it, there's no way around that weights are going to flatten your legs. So you might need to space out your workouts a little bit more if you really, you know, aren't, you don't want to trade performance running you need to give yourself more space between workouts if you're doing both running and lifting on the same day all right so i hope that's helpful on that question uh the next question from our run free listener was uh how to mentally deal with injuries and setbacks and i'll be quick on that i think i said that in the last one and i think i ended up not that quick but um i think guys the biggest thing it's, I don't know about you guys, but I what I love about life and fitness is always looking for like the opportunity to grow, right? And I've been doing this recently, being on the road and traveling a little bit. And I, you know, I brought my Bowflex adjustable dumbbells, and I'm just looking at it as like this isn't like how I would optimally be training right now. But let me see, like this this is a chance for me to get creative. This is a chance for me to to switch things up do things a little bit differently and then my body always responds really well to that so i think the biggest key to getting through um injuries and setbacks from the mental side of things is looking for the gold in that moment like there is opportunity for you i know it doesn't feel like it man when you get hurt especially right at first it's like oh i'm so frustrated i'm so bummed out about this but i guarantee you like if you're willing to sit in that pain and that frustration like there is something to be gained by going through your injury whatever you're going through right now like there is something to be gained in it i promise you it might take a whole lot of digging a whole lot of you know going it within yourself looking it might be something physical it might be something mental or emotional but there is always something to be gained from every single trial we go through like that's what trials are there's things that make us stronger right that's what running is that's what lifting is like it's resistance it's it's doing these workouts that are hard for us that causes us to grow right like that that is what a trial is that a setback is just an opportunity to grow it's just resistance that's all it is it's just an excuse for you to grow so if you're willing to like i'd really encourage you if you're going through a mental uh hard time with injuries and setbacks sit down with a journal and 
write down, draw a line down the middle of it. On one side, just like write down everything you're feeling, all your frustrations, just vent, just like get it out of you. Like all those thoughts that you're having, all your frustrations, get it out on paper. And this won't take long. It's like five minute exercise. One side, write that down. On the other side, I want you to just start thinking about like what, where's the opportunity here? Like what, how is this going to cause me to grow? How is this going to be a good thing for me? And just spend some time and you, nothing might come to mind at first. Just start writing. Just start writing. Just start putting something on the page. And it could be something really little to start with. And just put these things down. Where's the, what's the opportunity here? How can I grow? Like I've been, I've been praying to God for patience. Like maybe this is my opportunity to grow in patience because now that race that I signed up for is no longer on tap and I'm going to have to look, you know, six months down the road. Or maybe I really have been wanting to experience more joy in my life. And this opportunity for me to find joy in something other than running, other than going after my goals right now. Um, you know, that's just a few kind of offhand things I can think of, but I can guarantee you like there is opportunity in your setback that you're experiencing. And if we can learn to see the gold in that and be like, this is an opportunity, then we're no longer just wanting to just get through it, right? Like I have been there and I, I find myself there all the time and I have to remind myself, like life is not about like trying to go to bed at night, like just get through the day. Like that is not how life is intended to be. Like there is something to be gained in every moment, something to be appreciated, something to be thankful for. Like there's goodness in every single moment. And sometimes we gotta just remind ourselves of that. And we gotta sit down with a pen and paper and we gotta dig for it. And we gotta find it. And when we find it, we can hold on to it and it gives us hope. It restores um, just, yeah, hope inside of us. And it's amazing. Hope is like the best medicine, right? Like if you're feeling down, if you're feeling frustrated about anything, man, just get a little bit of hope and grab onto it. And you're gonna notice your attitude, your emotions, your demeanor you're going to change. I promise you, you cannot encounter hope and not change. So that's really the goal. When you sit down with that pen and paper, like I'm going to find some hope to grab onto here. Like I'm going to find some way that this is going to make me better. Like failure is not failing. Failure is going through failures and not growing as a result of it. Like that is really, that's tragic, right? Like that's when you've really, you've, that's when your failure, if you're going to fail, might as well gain something from it. Right. So at least like that's when I'm at my best, that's how I look at it. You know, I'm kind of preaching to myself here a little bit. Like I'm not all, I'm not this good, you know, like I, I have my moments. I have them all the time. I get in bad moods. I get down. Like I'm just like everyone else. But, um, when I'm able to do this, when I'm able to sit down and be like, okay, what, what, what's to be gained in this moment? It just restores my hope and I can get up in the morning and I can be excited about the day and I can be excited to kind of go after that, that golden nugget that I'm going after, even in the midst of the injury and the setback. So I hope that's helpful for you. Uh, real quick on grit. I'm going to turn my phone. I've been talking off my paper, which just flew away. Um, let me pull up my notes. I took a couple notes. So the biggest kind of surprise, again, this is Angela Duckworth, I believe. Sorry if I got that wrong, by the way, but I think that was the author's name. But what was most shocking to me is I always felt like grit was like your ability to be able to be tough in painful moments. That's kind of how I defined grit, or at least how I always thought of it, you know? So I always kind of thought of myself as like a gritty person. Like, like I'm pretty good at suffering. Like I'm 
and I've talked a lot about on this podcast, how to suffer mantras, stuff that can be helpful for that. Um, so I've always thought of myself as a pretty gritty person, but after reading this book, what really hit me is grit is more about staying focused over a long period of time and kind of not changing direction than it is about being tough in tough moments. And so when I did that, and she has a, if you're looking for something interesting to do with some free time, uh, you want, you're interested in seeing how gritty you are, um, you can just like Google, um, like the grit scale, I think it's called, if you just Google that, and it will pop up on Angela's website, and you can take the grit test there, it's like a 10 question test, so I took it, I actually had Sarah take it too, because for me, um, because I was like, I don't know if I'm answering this exactly right, I'd be curious to see how Sarah would answer this on my behalf, and we both like scored really close to the same, which I think it's a scale of like 5, and I was like a 3.4, which is like not that high, um, so I was kind of surprised by that. I was like, yeah, but that's because I tend to change directions pretty frequently. <laughs> so Sarah kind of jokes that like I'm into this and I'm into that and she never knows which things are going to stick. I mean, I'm not like that with everything, right? Like I ran for 20 years and that was my thing. Um, but then you can see like I got, I, when I was out of that, like I was out and then I got into running and she wasn't sure if that was going to be like a, a one month thing and then if it's going to be a six month thing or a year thing. And now, you know, that's, that's also sticking as well. But, um, sometimes I have a hard time kind of staying the course in the midst of discouragement and reading this book helped me realize like how that's really like the definition of grit is your ability to be able to push through um those those setbacks and those those moments where we want to um change course and change direction so that was uh one thing that was that was the thing that was probably the most interesting and the biggest takeaway i had from the book and the thing i was most inspired by is like learning to know myself and just know that i have this tendency to kind of shift directions fairly easily and knowing that hey i need to just that's not necessarily bad. I think there is a time and place where, you know, you tried something, it didn't work, you need to move to something else. But knowing that that's kind of like a personality thing that I have, just being aware of that and being able to identify when I do have those moments where I feel like giving up on a project, just being like, well, is that because, you know, my tendency is to kind of shift directions a lot? Or is this really something that, you know, this is the end of the road and I need to switch to something else? And I'm still like kind of learning that line for myself. Um, but I found that really, really interesting. The other thing that she talked about that was interesting um, was talent versus um, like work ethic. And she was hugely um, found that like talent is, or sorry, work ethic is way, way, way more important than talent. And so that kind of, you know, reinforces to me, I've always said this about myself with running. I didn't feel like I was the most talented guy in running, but you know, I can work for sure. Like I know that about myself. And, uh, so that's also kind of good to know, like work ethic is going to trump talent. You know, to be world-class at something, you got to have both, right? Like me taking a power lifter and coaching him and trying to turn him into a world-class marathoner, it's just not going to happen. 
right? Like there is like a, a level of talent. Same thing for me trying to become a world class power lifter. Like it's, I just don't have the genetics for it, right? So, um, you know, you don't want to get yourself really frustrated because you're banging your head against the wall trying to do something that your body wasn't created to do. But you should know that like work ethics going to take you really, really far in life, no matter what you choose to do. Um, so that was another kind of big takeaway. Another thing that she mentioned that I thought was cool, um, is this idea of, uh, failure isn't a permanent condition and focus more on like growth mindset. So focus, uh, what was the quote she said? Uh, I, yeah, I love this. She was saying how, um, those with grit, they were satisfied with being unsatisfied. I love that. So it's like, like you, you never really feel like you've arrived, but you're like so caught up in the process. You're so enthralled in the journey that like you are fine, like not being at the destination you want to be at. Like you're just, you're just loving the journey, right? And that's what I really want for all of our athletes to run free. I just want you guys to be just like loving the journey and like have our head down working hard. And every once in a while, you know, we might take a glance up at the top of the mountain and be like, man, it's gonna be sweet when I get up there and we get a little bit of inspiration by it and um, a little bit of motivation. But we're not so fixated on the top that we're missing the step we're about to take. Like we're in the present moment. We are in today. We are realizing like today is where it's at. Like the only thing we have right now is this moment. And we want to enjoy this moment to the to the very fullest that we possibly can. We want to savor every moment that we find ourselves in. We don't want to be wishing away moments because we're so focused on getting to the top of the mountain. So, so important. So um, just being okay with being unsatisfied and being actually satisfied that you are unsatisfied, if that makes sense. I thought that was really interesting. And then this you know, concept of growth mindset of just being like, my goal is just to get a little bit better. Like I'm just looking for growth. It doesn't matter where I'm at right now and you know that's true everyone no matter where we're at on the running fitness um, journey that we find ourselves on like we just need to be trying to just get a little bit better and keep our eyes off of comparing ourselves to people on Instagram or um, our friends our buddies and um, you know where even like like I said where we're trying to go and we're just focused on I just want to get a little bit better today just a little bit of growth today I just want to set my trajectory in the right I want to set my my uh, my trajectory on the right line of sight, and I'm just gonna put myself on the right path, and I'm gonna take one step today. And again, it just kind of comes back to what I'm trying to hammer home here: is just being so focused on the present moment, because that's really all we have control over. So, anyways, like I said at the beginning, really recommend the book Grit if you get a chance to read it. Um, super good book. I, I loved going through that. Found it really interesting. I could talk for a long time on that, but I will move on to the last subject I wanted to talk about. And this is something I was thinking a lot about uh, recently when I was trying to pull, you know, PR in the deadlift. It's funny, guys. So when I was, I remember like going to the starting line of the Olympics, Boston Marathon races like that. And uh, I guess it was more like the Boston Marathon because in the Olympics, it's just like the pro guys and it's a really small field. Kind of a weird feeling, to be honest, going to the starting line. There's only like 100 people. You're like, where is everyone? <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, I remember going to the starting line of like, Boston, I think it was. And just, uh, you know, noticing other people in the corral and stuff. And it just looks like they're having such a good time. It's like a party for them. And 
you just have this thought of like, man, it must be nice. Like, like they don't have any pressure, you know, like they're not like trying to win the race or anything. And I look back at that now and I kind of laugh at myself. So I'm like, it's actually no different, you know, like here I am in a weight room or at Emma's house in her weight room in Crested Butte trying to pull 455 pounds, which is not very good for a power lifter at all i wouldn't even call myself a power lifter at that number um and i'm feeling nervous right and like no one's even there it's not even a competition and i'm pulling not a big weight at all and here i am like all kinds of nervous right before i'm about to step up to the bar and strap in and and try and pull this thing off the ground and uh i've had this realization a number of times since the boston marathon starting line days and just being like you know what like those people who are in those corrals like they're experiencing the same exact thing as me it doesn't matter how fast you're trying to run doesn't matter what your goal is you could your goal could be to not get last place like i've talked to a lot of people who that's their goal and uh and feeling nervous about that and like they're feeling the same kind of nervous that I'm feeling trying to win the Boston Marathon, you know? Like we're all we're all experiencing the same emotions, right? And that's why it's so great that like you know I can have this podcast and totally I can relate to every single one of you guys. And so going back to the Emma's weight room in Crested Butte and trying to pull this big thing and feeling nervous. So how do I calm myself down in those moments? When I'm stepping up to the bar, even if there should be zero pressure on me, like no one really cares, right? <laughs> and, and you might know that, but that's not gonna necessarily take away the nerves that you're feeling, right? And you could be doing a workout and you're on a track all by yourself at night, and you're, but your coach has written down this workout and it's gonna be tough and you're thinking about the times you got hit and you're getting nervous, right? You're stepping to the starting line and you're just like, oh man, I've been thinking about this all day, maybe all week since you saw the workout and you're like I don't know if I can get through this one and you're starting to feel a lot of anxiety as you're going to the start line um, before your workout and that's how I was feeling stepping up to that big weight and this mantra really was helpful for me and you know like I think about this stuff all the time I've been doing you know running and fitness for years and years and years so this is like I should be good at this and I'm still like getting nervous before I step up to the bar when I'm all by myself in my garage and uh I had this thought, this mantra that I was thinking about that was so, so helpful that I wanted to share with you guys. And it's just slightly different than what I've talked about before on this podcast. You know, I've talked talked about how like we need to become observers of our workouts and look at our workout results as like clouds passing in the sky as if they're like something interesting we're noting it we're observing it but we're not like wrapped up in it we're not entangled in it we're not in the cloud so walking up to the bar this is what i found just be super super helpful for me this this mantra this thought of i'm just checking in today today i'm just seeing where i'm at I'm just observing observing my workout. I'm observing where I'm at today. This is not about like me trying to prove something to myself. It's not even so much about like me trying to hit a personal best. This is just about me just checking in. I'm just seeing where I'm at. And I would just repeat that phrase to myself over and over and over again. Just checking in today just checking in today just seeing where i'm at that's all i'm doing like nothing to prove to me nothing to prove to anyone else like this is just about me checking in gathering data seeing where i'm at and that's what i kind of want to challenge you guys with and leave you with uh, with this podcast today is can you become an observer of your own workout 
how detached from your workout results can you get? Because the more detached you can get from your workout results, it just removes emotion from your workout, which can be super, super helpful. So obviously, like we want you guys excited going into your workouts, excited on the starting line of races, but we don't want you feeling pressure. Pressure is that weightiness that we feel on our shoulders, and that's what we want to relieve, and that's where this mantra for me has just been super super helpful lately is hey i'm just checking in today and you can even do this you know in training but also in a race as well it's like i'm just checking in at this race i'm just seeing where i'm at and like i said the more detached you can get from that and you can step back from yourself almost as if you're observing yourself perform it's just gonna take that weighty pressure off of your workouts, off of your races. It's going to relieve some of that anxiety that comes with trying to perform, trying to do something you've never done before. Um, we just need to let those performances flow out of us rather than trying to force it to happen under a whole bunch of pressure that we're feeling on our shoulders. So like I said, that's been super, super helpful for me um, just recently in the weight room. And I know it'll be helpful for you guys on the starting line of your workouts. We want your guys' workouts to be fun. We want you to be able to just soak it in, enjoy every single workout, every single race. And I really think you'll be able to do that the more detached from your workout results and performance you can become. So I hope that's helpful, guys. And uh, really excited to continue this podcast continue to dive into things that can just free us that can just you know loosen us up on that starting line on the uh race start line if you have one of those (laughs) but anyways many blessings on you guys happy training and i look forward to checking in in a, a week or two from now all right guys